Um, okay, so we kind of went off a little bit there, so we'll try to we'll try to segue this back onto onto the rails here. Um, Welcome to the Contart Podcast. Here we are, part two of our conversation with Chuck Staten of Senior Discount. We had a lot of fun doing this one. It was well worth sitting in my car and sweating for over an hour on a really hot afternoon in Indiana. I know that's what all of you wanted to hear. But anyway, don't forget, Senior Discount's new record, The Best Revenge, is out now. Check it out on all the things and listen to the Chuck and Brad podcast. Episodes are up at chuckandbradpodcast.com. And now, without further ado, here is the conclusion of our little chat with Senior Discount. Enjoy. So you, met, so you mentioned when you were when you were first starting out, were you it's like, did you kind of, like, did you have an idea of, like, how to actually read music, or did you just kind of just learn on the job, like, as you were doing it? Oh, yeah. No, we're, you know, we're not really classically trained. I guess my drummer kind of is by now because he's a music teacher, um, but... No, the way that we learned was basically just taking, uh, you know, songs we knew, songs that we liked, and we figured them out. We just kind of, like, we basically, uh, you know, looked at the at the, the fretboard and, and kind of figured out songs as we went, um, and that's kind of how we learned. And I actually think that that's kind of an important, it's, it's you know, I'm not, I'm not shitting on any certain direction, but... It is kind of a great thing to take an instrument and learn it yourself without the, without being classically trained because you kind of develop your own language and develop your own, you know, understanding of the instrument. Especially, like, I think about the fact that, you know, I don't know any scale in terms of, like, when someone's like, oh, play the scale. But I bet I, if I had to play that scale, I would just play it exactly right because I've written music for so long and I've been playing music for so long that I know the relationship between all the notes and it's just ingrained in me. You know right. what I mean? Right. It's like a different, it's almost like an alternate thing where you have to discover it yourself. I guess being classically trained gives you a shortcut to all that stuff. But when you just learn it from playing and playing and playing and playing and playing, it just gets ingrained in you in a, fun, in a different way, I think. But in, either way is, is great. I just, uh, that's kind of the direction that we went in. Right. You know? Is that kind of a way to almost better develop your own sound if you learn that way do you think i think it's just a it's just a a a more original relationship with with all the stuff with all the with all the different notes and the and the relationship between the notes and the relationship between you know different chord structures and stuff like that it's it's a it's a weird thing but it, it comes from a more organic place it comes from a place that you discover yourself right yeah and then we'll go from there and yeah, we can talk about we can talk about it now. So you just released the new record, mm-hmm. which there's a there looked like there was a pretty big gap between that one and the one you did prior. Mm-hmm. Like, was there any reason for that, or is that just kind of how things worked out? Uh, basically, uh, um, sorry, sorry, I just got distracted for a second. Oh, you're fine. Um, so yeah, basically, what happened was uh, the every album we've done so far, and unfortunately, this is even true of the newest album. Um, we've never had enough money to record an album all together at once. We, you know, we would take a certain amount of money, you know, for a certain amount of time, because say we have a certain amount of money for, you know, we make it in like a year, a year and a half, and we record a few songs, and we record a few more songs, and we record a few more songs. And what happened was, um, we did... 
the last album, which is called And That's Goodbye. That's the last album we did. And it was an EP we, that we eventually kind of released an extended version of the EP, a deluxe version with 10 tracks total. So it kind of turned into a, an LP. But um, it became a thing where, you know, there was a lot, there was a lot of time for, for that reason, for the fact that we were kind of doing things piece by piece. But also, like, a lot of weird things happened to the band in between the time, uh, including, at one point, we, like, lost half the band, where two people left of the four at once. Uh, that's one of the things that happened. Another thing is, I got a very severe spine injury, which sounds crazy, but it's true, and I eventually had to have, like, a spine surgery, um, and it was very serious to the point where, like, I, you know, I wasn't able to walk so good, you know what I mean, for a little right. bit. Um, and that really derailed us for a while. I had a house fire as well during that time where basically my whole house burned down. Um, and uh, a lot of stuff in our personal life kind of derailed uh, the forward momentum of putting together another album. And the truth is that it's, it's, it's a really difficult thing. We're actually kind of going through a difficult thing um, where, you know, I'll be honest, I've, I've been honest about this recently. Basically, like, we used to, you know, book shows and, and have, a, have a good time and, and be able to get out to people and play, play a lot of shows. And when you're a regional band or when you're a smaller band, an, an independent band, you, I think you live more on your live shows and your live experience and connecting to people that way. You know, you're, you're not putting out albums that are then advertised. They're not paid to be advertised to tons of people, and, and a lot of the stuff has to do with you know, where the album gets played. You're actually really, most of your time and, and the majority of who you are is based on where you play. And for the past many years, it has been getting harder and harder and harder for us to book shows. It's just how things have been. And it's a bum out, um, but the band became less and less active with booking shows over the years. Uh, even though we, were, we, we wanted to play good shows, it just seemed like, we're in this area of Rhode Island where, in, in Providence, Rhode Island, where we can book a great show here, but you're not going to play a show in your hometown, you know, more than a couple times a year because it's too much. You don't want to saturate the market. But, but Boston, which is at the next market, is uh, dominated by this company called Bowery Boston, who has never booked us on anything um, and doesn't respond to my emails at all. Uh, the next market after that is Connecticut. And they're kind of dominated by their own big company, and that company actually put us on a show in September, so I'm happy about that. Um, and so it was, and, and, and then those are the two closest markets, and so without playing those markets often, it's hard to jump to the next markets. And even though we've had one-off shows over the years in different places, and we used to play Connecticut a lot more, we used to play Massachusetts a lot more, um, basically because we were kind of paralyzed in terms of booking our own shows, we just played less and less and less and less. I mean, there was a series of time where we probably went over a year where we didn't play any shows that had any sort of solid attendance or any shows that paid us any money. Um, so being in the band became really difficult, really difficult to justify our time, especially as people grow up. It's like, you know, I have a mortgage, and, and you know, our lead guitarist, when he plays shows, he has to pay a babysitter to take care of his two kids. So... If we're driving an hour and a half to play to five people and the promoter's not going to pay us, um, that becomes a thing that we can't do anymore. You know what I mean? We have to kind of play good shows. And so over the years, 
um, on top of the big things, like we had to go through the loss of two of the band members, we had to go through my spine surgery and the house fire and all that different stuff. On top of that, we were dealing with the fact that it's really, really difficult to, 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 to book good shows. Um, and that was a reality for us for a long, long time. Um, and, and plus, like, like I told you, I'm really into the podcast that I do. I'm really into film work. I'm really into comedy stuff. And that stuff was doing really well. That stuff was going really positively and moving forward, and, and I was taking steps up in that. So, you know, it's difficult. If I'm like, oh, I love doing film work, I love doing music work, and a lot of film work comes in that is going to pay me pretty well and it's going to be really fun to do, and the band stuff is just getting harder and harder and harder, I'm going to gravitate towards the thing that seems like it's going well. Right. So that was, that was a big part of why a new album didn't come out for a long time. Like, I'm the type of guy where it's like, if things are going well, if we were even, if we were playing decent shows, I'm all in. I'm, I'm 100% in. But, like, when things are going really, really difficult, when things are really hard, it's hard to justify putting all the time in and putting that much um, of my life into the band. Sure. So, for a long time, there was all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, honestly, when we, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. Um and I realized that, uh, you know, we never had an album that was super, uh, I'm trying to think of the word I want to use. I don't want to use, hmm, basically, it is what I'll say. Uh, with our previous two albums, which are called There Were Four Who Tried and NF Goodbye, um, those albums are extremely varied. There's a lot of, like, you know, the stuff that we, that we like to do, which is, like, upbeat, fast punk rock that's, you know, very poppy, a lot of harmonies, very well-rounded. There's stuff like that on it, but there's also a lot of slower songs and sadder songs and acoustic stuff and violin and different things like that. And I like that. I, I think that it makes sense for bands to be super diverse and do a lot of different stuff. But it seemed like it was, like people would criticize us for having albums that were, had that much diversity in them. They criticize us for being all over the place, kind of. And the new album, The Best Revenge, uh, I also, I wanted to have, I wanted to make an album that really was about the heart of the band and gave you a clear picture of what we do, and for the most part, which is that fast, poppy, fun punk rock. So it was also, it became important to me for us to put out an album that really felt like that all the way through, where we really put who we are out uh, in the front all the way through it and kind of be that way all, all the way through the album. Right. You know, so that was a big part of the reason that we did this album. And then, is this the first time you've ever been on the label, then? Yeah, this is our label debut. Yeah, that's right. Our first album, uh, Therefore We Tried, was independent, and the EP, uh, And It's Goodbye, slash Deluxe EP, was uh, also independent. And then, yeah, we got signed to Paper and Plastic Records this May to put out this album, The Best Revenge. It's our first album on a label. And then it also had one of my favorite early states ever. It came out on Friday the 13th. That's true. That's, yeah, that's right. Was that planned that way, or did it just kind of work out that way? Um, Vinny, you know, Vinny from Less Than Jake owns the label, and uh, I was, you know, he was like, he's like, you guys should put this out in mid-July. And I said, okay. And uh, we were just added to the Warp Tour that weekend. Uh, Kevin Lyman had personally added us to the Connecticut date of Warp Tour, on July 15th, which is a Sunday, and we just randomly got a call from one of the venues in Providence that we've worked with, one of the bookers, 
and they were like, we're going to do this huge show. We want you guys to be direct support. You guys get a long set, whatever you want, um, on July 13th, on Friday. And I was like, that's amazing. And I was like, that should be our release date. If, if Vinny says it should be mid-July and Warp Tour is July 15th, and they're asking us to do the show on July 13th, it, it's like it's written in the stars. So let's just do it. <laughs> so that it became it became that because that was the day we had this great opportunity for that show, honestly. And because of Vinny saying, let's do it around mid-July. And then how long in the making was this record? Like how old are some of those songs that um, you put on there? Well, Honestly, like, we really wanted to put forth a, kind of our, our, our best stuff. So in terms of when the songs were written, man, the oldest song was written, oh, God, I don't know. The, the oldest song in terms of being written was A Taxi. We wrote that song forever ago. And that song originally was supposed to be, like, honestly, it's supposed to be... Did you listen to the album? Yeah, I listened to it, like, right up right before I got on the phone call. But Okay, so there's a song called A Taxi, yeah. That's the song that has the I'll Kill You chorus. Yes. And uh, we wrote that song as like a parody of punk rock. We wrote that song as like, this is like making fun of punk rock. This is making fun of the, the thrashiness and it's, it's just dumb. But when we wrote that song, people love that song. They always want us to play that song. So that became like a staple of what we do. And uh, I was like, oh, it has to be on our label debut. Ataxia has to be on it. So I probably wrote that song probably when we first started the band, probably in 2004, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Um, but I knew that it was just one of those songs that, like, people loved it so much, and it, it got the biggest reaction out of, you know. It's funny, because there's a lot of songs that, like, now that are way more current that I wrote recently, like Afterlife and Cindy and stuff like that, that are much more balanced, that have a lot, you know, they have harmonies, and they have a better song structure, and they feel well-rounded. Um, and Ataxia doesn't feel like that. Ataxia is a thrashy punk rock song written by a 19 year old guy and uh <laughs> but people love it people love it so i was like oh, it has to be on there so that's probably the oldest one on there it's always in in being written it's always interesting listening to some records when you know like some of the songs might be older than others because they like almost lyrically or, or almost even sound wise they don't sound like they fit with the rest of them yeah 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 yeah, I mean, that one definitely, that one, you could tell that it's not as polished of a song. I think you can 100% tell it's not as polished as the stuff that we normally write. But people love it, and even now, with, you know, the new album just came out, and I'm talking to different people about it, um, and pushing it, people are still telling me that are just finding out the band now that they love Ataxia, so <laughs> it was the right choice. <laughs> so the oldest song on there. Yeah, right. But it's also, like, if you love, like, thrashy punk rock, and that's your thing, then that's what you're going to gravitate towards. Right. Yeah. And then, was there any kind of, like, process or goal in mind you had when you went to go record this one? Um, I mean, I think that with, with the recording of these songs, um, I, I really did kind of feel like, okay, I want this to really represent, you know, kind of the heart of the band, which is that fast, catchy punk that I was talking about. I think that's probably what we, you know, what we really had in mind. I mean, obviously, with every with every release, with every, you know, new recording session, you want to take a step up from the last time you did it. So I think that making these sound, songs sound organic and sound like we're at a new level of writing than, you know, our last release, which is In Us Goodbye, is kind of on my mind, too, which, which I do think that it accomplished that. I really think we accomplished that. I think that the songs 
uh, especially the ones that were pushing it the most, which are like Afterlife and Cindy, um, really represent a certain level of quality that we haven't reached um, on previous releases. And then what's been your response to the record so far? Um, it's been really, really positive. I mean, I, I've really reached out for reviews and interviews and stuff like that more than I ever have um, for any other album because I knew that this would be our label debut, so they get more national attention. And um, we got more plays than we've ever gotten. We had, you know, in less than a month of the release, we had 50,000 streams on SoundCloud for the single Afterlife alone, just on SoundCloud, um, which is way more than plays than, than I've ever gotten on anything else. Um, and uh, that was great. And then, yeah, we've had, like, I'd say we've probably had more than 10 reviews come up so far. And they've all been really, really positive. So things have been really, really positive so far in terms of the way people reacted to it. No, no, I was checking out some of your, no, I was checking out some of your pages like late last night before I went to bed, and like, and I, it's like, and now that you bring it up now when you were contacting as many outlets as you can, like I'm just reading like pages and pages and pages of all these reviews and all these, like it's crazy, right? Oh yeah. Like I like the the amount of coverage that we're getting on this in terms of interviews and reviews and features and from different places is like unheard of for like an independent you know we're not independent anymore I guess we're on a label but for, uh, it's unheard of for a band with no advertising like budget or advertising um, you know plan really because it's just me reaching out to people every single I mean not every single review because some of them were just organic and people did them themselves but like we don't have a we don't have a PR person we don't have a you know a publicity person it's just the only person corresponding with this whole world of press is me, and uh, yeah, the amount that have come in so far is, is, is absolutely crazy. We actually, this hasn't come out yet as of this recording, but, you know, um, Mike Carrera, who is the lead singer of MXPX and the guitarist of, or the bassist of Goldfinger, um, he talked to me last week, and he Skyped with me, and we did an hour and a half podcast on his podcast about our new album. Oh, nice. It was crazy. It was nuts. Like, MXPX is one of the bands that made me want to start a band. You know what I mean? Like, they were, they're in that top tier of pop punk bands that got me into that type of music. And it was crazy. We just sat down and had this amazing conversation for an hour and a half. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go to Dave from Big D's. I'm going to go to his house next week. And we're going to have a, we're going to have a big sit down podcast together as well. So it's been pretty crazy. And then are you still doing, like, I know you're on a label now, but are you still doing most of the, like, aspects of running a band, like, basically on your guys' own? Yes, 100%. Um, and of course, this is a live music blog that this is going to go on, so I'll ask, yeah. so I have to ask this question, are you going to hit the road at any time in the future? I'd love to, but the booking situation that I was talking about still stands. Um, I mean, we've been desperate to get a booking agent for many years i actually right when the album was when we got signed before we announced that we got signed i actually went on a tear where i contacted like every booking agent that's part of the punk rock community because a lot of the bands like you know like big d and the kids table um and uh you know against me and all these different bands a lot of these bands have the same booking agent you know um and i basically hunted down probably around 70 different booking agents um, that are part of the punk rock world. And I reached out to them. I said, here's our bio. We just got signed to Paper and Plastic. We're going to be doing, doing a new album. 
you know, I do all this other stuff, this podcast and this film work and stuff. I'm like, we'd love to get, you know, have a booking agent book us for stuff because it's become almost impossible for us to book our own shows. And uh, no one helped us. <laughs> we basically got, we got, everyone was polite, everyone was very nice to us, and uh, Manic Productions in Connecticut, which is one of the places I wrote to, and then, you know, they're not a booking agency, they don't take on bands and just book them everywhere, they just book Connecticut. Manic Productions did put us on a show in September in Big D, so that'd be fun, uh, with Big, in September with Big D, so that'd be fun, um, but the booking agents, no one was uh, interested in helping us, and... I feel completely paralyzed. I am I am unable to book us good shows. I'm unable to get us these continual runs of shows. So, you know, I reach out to whatever shows I see that we could do, but uh, things have been absolutely terrible for years in terms of booking for the band. Um, and uh, I hope we play, you know, I, ho- I would love to hit the road soon, but uh, I don't see any prospects. Uh, we're, play- we're playing, uh, you know, we just got added to the Skankin' and Crankin' Festival, in Worcester, which is the Mighty Mighty Boston's, the Bouncing Souls, the Pie Tasters, Planet Smashers, Toots and the Maytals, Fishbone, Big D. We're just playing that on August 25th in Worcester. Um, that's going to be awesome at the Palladium. And we're playing a show with Big D and the Kids Table at the Space in Connecticut on Friday, September 14th. Um, and uh, besides that, we, that, those are all of our shows that are booked right now. I would love it if Less Than Jake's was like, hey, you guys can open our, you know, a couple dates. Uh, we're along the East Coast in, in in the fall or something like that, or a Goldfinger would do something like that. I would love it if those places, those bands would let us do that. But, um, you know, we've been a band for 14 years. I reach out for everything I uh, I can, and it, nothing like that has ever happened for us, really. We did a couple dates on the, um, what was it called, Chicago Solo Tour with Chris from Less Than Jake and Ryan from Cash Lane 2. Um, and we played, like, a ton of shows. We played, you know, all over the East Coast, kind of, um, kind of with just individually booked shows. But I would love it if a larger band with successful big shows would take us out. Uh, but it just has never happened. And uh, I'll keep trying, but, you know, it's uh, it's been very difficult. I mean, as, as long as I've been following music, it always seems like the East Coast is like pretty saturated like in and of itself like to begin with yeah 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 and and if that day ever comes I'll just throw this out if you come to Indianapolis again if you ever come to Indianapolis hit me up and we'll get something together I would love to I'd love to do that and wow we've really gone this long already good (laughs) I'll probably start wrapping this up then um so what's the future for the band right now then um, you know, we, we're very excited to play the, the, the Skeckin' and Crankin' Fest with the Boston's. We've never played with the Boston's or Bouncing Souls before, so that's cool. Um, and, uh, like I said, the reviews of the album have been great. The album's only been out for about a month at this point. I'm going to try to do, well, first of all, I'll say we did, our, we did a huge video shoot at our album release show with five cameras, including a drone. And it was this outdoor show, 1,200 people. So the, the footage is awesome. It's like the best footage we've ever gotten of us playing. So I'm hoping to release song by song, um, you know, footage from the show. Hopefully with like premieres from different websites. That'd be really cool. Of just live videos of us at the show. And uh, I'm hoping that works out. I'd love to do a music video for our single Afterlife. I have a great concept for it, but I've been having trouble finding a location. 
So I'd love to do that. Um, and yeah, I mean, we are going to push for, for good fall shows. I, I really, like the next thing that we really, really should do is support this release with good shows. Um, but, you know, it's kind of out of my hands if that happens or not. I will reach out as much as I can and I'll do as much as I can for it, but we'll see. Um, and uh, yeah, so those video projects and hopefully more reviews and features and stuff like that to help push the album. And if, if I had my way, great big shows to get to new ears. Um, so we'll see. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll wrap this up now, mostly because I think I'm running out of space on this thing to begin with. Uh, thanks for taking no, the time no. to, uh, thanks for taking the time to do this. No, man, thank you for, thank you for calling me. This is great. It really helps. It really helps. All this, all this stuff really, really helps a lot. So I appreciate it. If you ever come through here, hit me up. We'll get something. Um, if something else happens and you just want to do another interview like this again, we'll set this up too. Um, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so usually how this ends, I like giving the band the last word. So anything you want to say, uh, go for it. Yeah, if you want to check out Senior Discount's new album, The Best Revenge on Paper and Plastic Records, it's available everywhere digitally, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon MP3, Google Play Music, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. So go listen to it. Every stream helps, even if you're just like an unlimited streaming person. Um, even just streaming the album really helps a lot. Uh, Share it on social media. That's a big thing for us. Follow us. I'm at Discount Chuck on Twitter and Instagram, and that's the that's the main band um, social media. And then Facebook.com/slash/SeniorDiscount. And also, um, if you're interested in the behind the scenes of the band or the behind the scenes of you know musicians in general and the life of artists, check out the Chuck and Brad podcast. That's my podcast. We talk a lot about the band. And, like, a lot of funny stuff happens on it. Like, last week we were podcasting, and during the podcast, I got the email that Senior Discount was added to the Mighty Mighty Bustones Festival. So that kind of stuff is really fun to experience kind of, you know, live with me as the band uh, moves forward. And we have a lot of artist interviews and stuff like that, and I do a lot of film work. So, you know, we just talked about my trip to uh, Kevin Smith's film festival, Vulgarson, and filming all day <laughs> with the guys from Comic Book Man and Practical Jokers and stuff like that. So it's very fun. But, yeah. Senior Discount's name of the band, The Best Revenge of the Album. Just go listen to it and tell people about it and share it if you can. All right, cool. That's pretty much all I got. Um, again, thanks for doing this. Hey, man, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. A big thank you to Chuck for taking the time, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and follow us on all the things at Concert Live. And as always, your home for the best in live music coverage is at conc.art. That's conc.art. We'll see you next time. Take care.